This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're in a galaxy far, far away as we talk about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 1, Aftermath. Well, what is his status? CT9904's genetic mutations have altered much of his cranial activity, including his inhibitor chip. Yet he exhibited loyalty to the Empire during their mission. While the chip is not as active as a standard clone's, the order does appear to be working. Can you intensify the programming? Yes. Then proceed. Welcome back, fellow troopers. This is TV Podcast Industries, and we are talking about episode one of Star Wars The Bad Batch, titled Aftermath. I am one of your troopering or naughty soldiers, John. <laughs> I do like uh, I do like troopers as our new call sign for our wonderful listeners. Uh, I'm your other host, Derek, for this podcast. Yes, staying in the world of animation after our coverage of uh, of Invincible and going on to Star Wars: The Bad Batch in between our next uh, live action projects. Right. Yes, next up is Loki on June the 9th, a Wednesday, mm-hmm. if uh, you please. Um, the new Friday, apparently. So, so happy that it's moving to Wednesday. Just behind the scenes kind of uh, thing for TV podcast industries. Every show that we've covered, I think, for the last five months has come out on a Friday, which means we have to record on Saturday mornings and get it up and edited and out on Saturday afternoons. At least with a Wednesday, it separates things out a bit. So we have a different day of the week that we may be able to record and get our podcasts out which is just different for me because I've lost all of my weekends for the last uh, last five months um, since the start of the year. So. Exactly. And, but we are tiptoeing our way into the Star Wars universe, yeah. or dare I say it, galaxy. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I think certainly there are a lot of Star Wars shows coming up. There are. Um, we didn't cover The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we wished we may have done, uh, but certainly we enjoyed that show a lot uh, with little baby Yoda mm-hmm. cuting his way around the galaxy as well. Grogu, John? Have yeah, you forgotten Gro- his name already? I had, I had. <laughs> Grogu. Yes. But yes, we're here with TV Podcast Industries. We've just finished our coverage of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So if you are a fellow defender over on our Marvel stream on TV Podcast Industries, then please check out that show. And we also covered WandaVision as well earlier on in the year. So yeah. check that out. And don't forget Invincible, because Invincible was an incredible that show. Much true more for adults as well. than the... Than and the Star Wars, uh, the Bad Batch, uh, the just Bad a Batch bit, yes. is a very different uh, animation. But um, we obviously this week we celebrated the two thousand and twenty first May fourth. Oh no, sorry, the tenth anniversary of Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. Is was this week, so it's the tenth anniversary of that, um, which was just yesterday. Today is the Revenge of the Fifth of May. Of course, it? Yes. Yes, of course, it is. Of course, it is. It really excited to get into uh, this galaxy. We are both. Big Star Wars fans uh, from when we grew up. John, I think, has tons of uh, Star Stormtrooper statues, specifically. Uh, both of us watched all <laughs> yes. of uh, all the Clone Wars and uh, all of Star Wars Rebels. Both loved those two shows. Uh, really, really good, particularly as it got towards the end. And as we'll get through this show, the Star Wars The Bad Batch, um, I love, just really quickly before we get into any of the details of it, I love that this opens with the Clone Wars as its title, and that burns away to reveal the Bad Batch, because this is absolutely a sequel to The Clone Wars. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. With the events of The Clone Wars culminating in Order 66 mm-hmm. uh, and everything around that, yeah. uh, it, it, this kicks off straight from that and, and includes uh, another perspective of Order 66 exactly. uh, as well. Um, but if you're new to us, joining us for the first time, um, please head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any Jedi or sith orientated podcast player mm. of your choice. Yeah. Uh, we are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just search for TV Podcast Industries yep. uh, and you'll be able to subscribe, 
to our podcast there. And um, we also want to hear from you throughout the podcast for uh, Star Wars A Bad Patch. Please make sure you email us with any of your thoughts on the show to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop it over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Join us there and we'll talk about the show. Definitely. For any of our existing listeners who've hopped on board to um, this coverage of The Bad Batch, uh, just to let you know, we won't be doing a pub quiz for uh, the Bad Batch series, but just to let you know if, and of course, dare I say it, when we continue with our look into the Star Wars galaxy, um, I will have to use it. The pub quiz will have to be named Order 66. Oh, wow. As in, put in your orders in the pub. Okay, that's pretty good. I thought it might have been put in your Order 66 at the cantina, maybe. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the details of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Uh, executive producers on, the, on this show are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, this episode was written by Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni. Uh, Jennifer wrote three episodes of Star Wars Resistance, one of the other uh, animated shows in this universe as well. But Dave Filoni, we probably know him a little bit better because he's been involved with all of the Star Wars projects for many, many years. Uh, partly, uh, apart creator and part executive producer for um, Star Wars The Clone Wars, that series uh, on all of the other shows, Rebels and Resistance, and most recently an executive producer, director and writer on The Mandalorian which John mentioned earlier on. So he made the leap over to live action, was really successful there and is now back working uh, with the team on the uh, the team that worked on Clone Wars uh, working on this show on The Bad Batch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. Love this guy. Um, he is so steeped in knowledge of yeah. Star Wars really is so good um like i remember those conversations when we were kids you know there's there's characters in the background of star wars movies and they're the ones that your parents could always find for you when they were buying you toys so you suddenly got to know a character like hammerhead um dave floaty is the kind of person that knows the backstory of the character Hammer, hammerhead he is the he is really steeped in the knowledge of the star wars universe and explores every corner of it throughout his work so. absolutely and, and we've talked on this podcast about cross-pollination between comics and movie movie to comics mm-hmm. You know, this is where a lot of his ideas um, in the Star Wars galaxy as well have, you know, he's cross-pollinated between the animated series, but now with the live action, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and part of the reason why he's on The Mandalorian as well as with involved with some of the other TV shows coming up um, on Disney Plus is that there are... Um, characters you know created in the animated world Mm -hmm. that are coming to the live action and dare i say it as well not only that he brought grand admiral thrawn to animation i love him I know you do, John. Um, he has just done so much great stuff for the Star Wars universe over the last couple of years. Um, the episode itself was directed by Stuart Lee, uh, Saul Ruiz, and Nathaniel Villanova. All three of them have directed episodes of Clone Wars, Rebels, and Star Wars Resistance, uh, with Nathaniel Villanova also being the storyboard artist on the finale of Star Wars Rebels, a brilliant finale for for a great show. Yeah, uh, that's that show is really really good. It's it's quite long, and again, as most of these shows start out, uh, they aim towards a much younger audience. They kind of grow with their audience. They get they get much, absolutely uh, much more adult as the series goes on. By the fifth season, you kind of feel like you're watching an animated movie. Really, yeah. yeah. Star Wars Rebels had such an emotional tie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really upset at the end of it. Yes, and uh, I would absolutely uh, love to see Ezra uh, and the team in some kind of live action mm-hmm. or introduced in some way into one of the upcoming Star Wars projects. Um, yeah, they, they were a great creation. Great creation. They really were. I'm sure as these shows go on, you'll see more of them in the future. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with the synopsis for the first episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch Aftermath? Sure. Separatists are pushed to the brink as Republic forces continue to win on battlefields across the galaxy. But while assisting Jedi Knight Deepa Bilaba and her Padawan Caleb Doom on Kayla against the Separatists, Clone Captain Grey receives Order 66 and kills Bilaba. The Bad Batch overhears the order, but except for Crosshair, they feel no compulsion to execute it, and their leader Hunter lets Kayla escape. Back on Camino, the Bad Batch encounters Omega, a young female clone who is genetically as unorthodox as they are. 
Admiral Tarkin later arrives to evaluate whether the clone army is of any more use to the newly formed Galactic Empire, and after receiving Crosshair's report on Kayla, he sends the Bad Batch to Onderon to eliminate a group of alleged insurgents and thus test their loyalties. When the insurgents are revealed as fugitives from the Empire led by Saw Gerrera, the Bad Batch decides to go rogue, but are captured when returning to Kamino for Omega. Crosshair, who is still under the influence of his inhibitor chip, is reprogrammed by Tarkin to turn against his squadmates, and the Bad Batch and Omega are forced to flee Kamino without him. Looking for friends to help them in their time of turmoil, they set course for Planet J-19. The Clone Wars have ended... A period of civil war has begun. Yes, they have. As I mentioned earlier on, this really does feel like the next season of the Clone Wars because the Clone Wars have officially ended with that uh, Order 66 out there. Um, they couldn't really use the name of that series <laughs> again for any more any more shows. So a different direction on the story, a different uh, view on Order 66, a big moment in Star Wars movies. Um, in the past, this was uh, back in Revenge of the Sith is when we heard... Order 66 being given, and has provided so much interesting content for the last uh, 10 years or so uh, throughout uh, comic books and uh, and uh, video games, and uh, and now uh, with the Bad Batch taking on this moment, effectively, uh, from the end of the Clone Wars. Uh, it's exactly how the Clone Wars ended with uh, all of the clones turning on their, on their Jedi commanders as well. So uh, I love having this view of Order 66 from a different perspective. So some people that were working directly with the clone army, but didn't have the inhibitor chip, as they describe it here, this, uh, this piece of code inside them that would have turned them against all of the Jedis in the galaxy that didn't have this in, in there because they are different to the other clones. That's such a really interesting idea for the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is one of the elements of the prequels, the, or the legacy mm-hmm. from George Lucas that he, you know, brought in this concept of order 66 because you're right i mean firstly it's just so emotional um around the the destruction and the um the killing uh the the genocide of um of the jedi mm-hmm. from that order so many lost um and then you you just getting it from these different perspectives yeah. such as in the clone wars where you know the whole series um where it's not only about the team of anakin ahsoka and uh obi-wan kenobi Mm -hmm. but it's also the the troopers assigned to their unit uh like rex and you know all all of these different clone troopers that form that relationship and then have this this schism this break that that gets them to turn on um, the Jedi. Yeah. And here we have this other point of view with a, a, a group of, of misfit clones, effectively. One where the the defects have been tampered with. And I, I, I just I think it's more that they still retain their inhibitor chip, but it doesn't have the same effect as a reg, as they call the regular clone troopers. Um it, it it's more that they're they're genetic deficiency and enhancements has allowed them to override that inhibitor chip effectively um and of course to to varying degrees ultimately uh, as we see with crosshair uh, in in this where he has that sense of carrying out the order still sort of um in the back of his mind effectively yeah, but he doesn't instantly carry it out, uh, which I think is interesting because every all the other clones that we've seen who get Order 66, they instantly turn on the Jedi. Yeah, they, it's almost um, like they become independent yeah. and do that order. He, no, he, he is still, he is still, um, following the order of Hunter who, who doesn't want to do that because, because they don't understand why exactly. they're suddenly turning on members of their own team effectively. Yeah. They don't have that. Uh, same connection and they've not received he doesn't technically receive that order 66 um i don't think um on on the um the comlink that they have so there's that and i i think with crosshair it's not that he wants to do it he he believes in orders and so 
ultimately he's given the order by Hunter not to carry it out, mm-hmm. but is questioning the bigger exactly. order and why Hunter didn't carry it out. And that's that's where the this schism then in the Bad Batch that we see at this early stage of the series mm-hmm. uh, takes place. Yeah. But, um, now, conscious that a lot of people won't have watched previous shows, and this might be their first introduction to these characters, um, so let's quickly just go through their intro and what what happens here on this planet of Kalar uh, when we have the introdu- introduction of the Bad Batch. Um, if you haven't watched the previous shows, including Clone Wars, that's where they were introduced. They're introduced in the last season of the Clone Wars, season seven, uh, these five characters, and they get the kind of backstory of who they are. I'm sure they'll go into that a bit more as the season goes on. But really all you need to know from them is that each one of them is genetically modified differently to the other clones, and each of them has a special a specialist uh, subject, I suppose, or a specialist ability. Uh, this idea came from George Lucas, actually. I've read, uh, read quite recently this idea that he wanted this kind of uh, specialist group, not superheroes in the, in the stormtrooper way. He wanted this specialist group that all had a, a specific, um, way that they are a thing that they were good at i suppose so uh so we have hunter which is the leader who's able to uh to read everything that's going on in the environment yeah he has like a, a heightened sense mm-hmm. so almost like a tracker yeah effectively or a hunter uh, yeah. or a hunter yes yeah, so, or a jägermeister um it, it, he is that kind of person so you know his his senses you know um his hearing his eyesight his mm-hmm. smell you know his touch um that that pers- perceptory sense is yeah. is um heightened um through through his uh, genetics yeah. uh, as this clone um you then have tech who is as his name suggests, mm-hmm. is um, the Bill Gates of this group. Well, um, an amazing you know, hacker. Yeah, yes. a great hacker, <laughs> understands all the tech within yeah. the uh, clone army and uh, and now the 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 em- empire, mm-hmm. uh, all all the the soldier tech um, and and hacker. You have Crosser, who we've talked about as well. He is the sniper. Um, of of the group, yeah, um, and you have Wrecker, who is the brute, effectively, yes, super strength, um, uh, and is eff- uh, the effective bull in the china shop, very um, much so, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, push uh, push him at what you want, crushed, and he will crush yeah, it yes. of this group, yeah, uh, but they're also joined. Technically not by one of the bad batch, but mm-hmm. he is an, a member of the bad batch. He's, he is a regular clone trooper, uh, Echo yep. from the, the clone wars, mm-hmm. uh, who was, um, a, a member of the, the team with Captain Rex uh, and Anakin and mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but who was thought lost and killed, but was being held by the, I think it was the tech, techno guild. Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I think so. he, they were, they were effectively <laughs> using him to counter the imperial battle plans, mm-hmm. uh, or the clone battle plans, um, and, and holding him. So they, there's a, a number of episodes in, I think, series seven yeah. of, of Clone Wars that deals with them realizing that this, the the the, the um, response of the droid army must be either a leak of military plans yeah. from the Republic or there's someone working for them. It, it's Echo who's being held against his will in like mm-hmm. a stasis chamber with loads of different uh, things wired up to his brain, where yeah. they're using his his strategic memories um, as a a, a a clone trooper in, in order to um, Counteract the the military engagements mm-hmm. with the Republic. Which is uh, a cool. That was a really good story. It was really, really good. He's uh, he's very heavily operated on. I think they call him in this episode. He's more machine than man, which is why he's uh, not susceptible to Order sixty six here. Because um, it is an interesting one. The the idea in uh, in Clone Wars was that Echo could possibly be a traitor. They were worried that he was being controlled still yes. uh, when he was returned. Whereas now we have a different type of traitor in, in Crosshair, who was a, a fundamental member of this team. You saw in that opening uh, opening scene how they all worked really closely together. Yet once Order 66 comes in, Crosshair then turns on the rest of them, which which is a really, yeah. a really cool and idea. And in turn, and in fairness to Crosshair, he yeah. believes that Hunter is the traitor. Exactly. Uh, for not following the 
orders unquestioningly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, th- this is a, a nice little dynamic being uh, set up. And I guess the hunter, it will become the hunters, <laughs> yes, they have, dare yes. I say it. Um, <laughs> you as well. definitely dare, John. You I do, dare. I do. Uh, something else cool about this scene that I'm sure uh, everybody's seen on the internet, but it is a, a great uh, thing that we have in here. This, uh, I guess we'll call it a cameo uh, from Caleb Doom. Yeah. Um, so a young Padawan uh, who's Jedi Knight Master, uh, Depa Bilba, Bilba is uh, is murdered by the clones uh, when they get Order 66. Uh, Caleb Doom, we know as by a different name. We know him as uh, Kanan Jarrus from the Rebels TV series. He's a, a very central character. He's the, he's the former Jedi, um, or at least pr- someone practicing the Force. I don't know whether he ever refers to himself as a Jedi for most of the beginning. No, he's kind of, I think... He's a and, Force user, I guess. Yeah, he's a Force user. I think certainly, you know, he... He is the one that guides and mentors Ezra in the ways of the Force. So he knows how to use the Force and, and that becomes more and more forceful, um, <laughs> as it, as the, as the, the series of rebels, um, continues. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he's definitely highly trained in the Force. Yeah. And as we see here then, as a young Padawan, he has been taken from, uh, his mentor, and Jedi Knight, Deeper Bilaba. Yeah. Um, in the same way that Grogu has, effectively. Like, yeah. he's spent so long that, you know, the, the instincts of, of how to use the Force, how to control it and channel it ha- have been lost. And so maybe, the, you know, it's something has happened in the same way with, uh, with Caleb. Yeah. Um, as he's on the run effectively now. Yeah. Uh, but I thought this was a great little sort of nod and reference to Rebels. Yeah. And I think it's something you would expect from Dave Filoni. Uh, to do Absolutely. and um, I mean even yeah. when I just first saw it it's just that really great thing with um, I guess Order 66 is you normally see you know a, a new group of Jedi being dare I say it slaughtered by um, mm. the clone troopers yeah. uh, but you know from that you hopefully get a few escapees and, and this yeah. wider Jedi um, world that has um, survived that massacre um, and has survived into the Republic. And it was great yeah. seeing Caleb. And I, I, I kind of really like that, you know, because effectively he's a, a kid yeah. um, and that Hunter has this, you know, view of not wanting to kill a, a, a child, basically. Absolutely. You know? Well, he knows, um, he knows there's something wrong here. Uh, given that the order is to kill, uh, to kill Jedi's, perhaps they have turned on them. But when he, when he's turning on a Padawan, um, and we know they had at least met before uh, the Bad Batch came in to help out uh, the clone army, uh, because Pat Caleb was sent off to get the reinforcements. So we know they had uh, some meeting before that. So, uh, so he said, "I'm not going to let. I'm not going to." Let him be killed by everybody. Uh, also, really good that the actor Freddie Prince Jr., who, who uh, was the voice of of uh, Canon Jarrus on uh, on Rebels, was the one that voiced Caleb Doom as well. So, uh, a really good cameo there. Uh, anything else about the opening or the introduction to these characters that you like, John? It's just seeing them work as a team mm-hmm. uh, and and all sort of you know because they don't have the same rigid kind of mentality as Absolutely. the regs yeah. and so you know they they're doing a lot of crazy battlefield antics mm-hmm. which is really good to see yeah. um, and you know, it, it yeah. starts where the 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 droid army is coming up this pass and they send uh rocks down on them mm-hmm. you know all the other clone troopers along with uh deeper bilava uh, and caleb are back in in the trenches yeah. thinking that they're going to have to retreat effectively and income uh, the five bad batch to effectively save the day and, yeah. and move the droid tanks over a cliff edge uh, and just you know, I, I like the fact that Hunter uses uh, a knife as well. Yes. You know that, that that's a really uh, neat little touch from him, and again, it just it plays up to that that Hunter and, and Tracker element of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's cool how they play this into the rest of the episode with. Um the other big big uh, character that's appearing here, uh, Admiral Tarkin, when he comes to visit them on Camino after they've come back from this uh, from this mission, I guess. Um, Admiral Tarkin is there, so we know him as Grand uh, Moff Tarkin in, yes. in the Star Wars universe. He's uh, not quite a Moff not yet. Not quite a Moff yet. Still don't know what a Moff is, and I've been a fan of Star Wars for forty years. And uh, so. do you call him Tarkin or Tarquin? No, Tarkin always, always Tarkin. Uh, we have seen the character in um, in Rogue One. Um, 
and we have seen him in obviously his biggest role in uh, in Star Wars One or Star Wars: A New Hope. Um, so he's a very central character. And I I like that they've brought him in here uh, into this show. I like the idea that he's effectively looking at uh, wiping out the clones. Um, yeah, they don't need any more clone troopers now. They've moved on and become this new uh, this new order or a new empire, um, as we know, is a bad thing in the future. But they no longer need clone troopers. They're looking for something different and. He thinks there might be some potential in the Bad Batch to to replace the clone troopers, I guess. Yeah, I love how Admiral Tarkin is sort of deliciously bureaucratic mm. evil in a sense. Yeah. Like it, it, it is almost something from it's like Kafka esque, um, okay. you know, or um, you know, it, it's like you could imagine him in military supplies with you know the project sheets and everything. He's determined to do things like as brutally and as evilly mm-hmm. and as bureaucratically uh, as possible. Yeah. He, he has quite, you know, he's kind of like the evil civil servant really that's come in to um, wipe everything out Absolutely. for his minister, which is the Chancellor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, the, the, I find there's something kind of, it's deliciously evil. Deliciously I know evil. You want to say that, yes, <laughs> it, it, it really is. And again, this is where we get the sense that things are moving on uh, in the high command of of the what was the clone army. Yeah, uh, were you know that he's he's coming here to effectively assess the clone troopers and and primarily the regular clone troopers mm-hmm. as to whether they are fit for purpose really in the new galactic empire, yeah. whether they can fulfill the roles uh, that they're going to be asked to do, which is effectively um, empire building. And, uh, like, I, I love that he comes here um, to determine the capabilities, but sees the the Bad Batch in a mess hall uh, fight yeah. and puts them to the test first with, um, first, of, first of all, with dummy rounds and then uh, with live rounds yeah. to test their... Um, capabilities yeah yeah it's a, and it's a really good a fun uh, little battle here between yeah, the uh, absolutely between the, the bad batch and the uh and the armed troopers i suppose as well and lo- i love seeing them all work together and using their strengths uh, you know i think it, i think it works really well as a good introduction to the characters you know if you didn't think that opening battle sequence showed enough of their talents look at this one here and look how they uh, work around not having uh, any weapons at all really to be able to take down uh, these these live round uh, toting uh, enemies i think it's i think it's really interesting also just to call out how uh, disposable tarkin thinks of the clone troopers as yeah. well just the, the idea that he's just going to go well we're just going to cancel all the future orders that you have cuz you know when we enslave all the people of the of the old republic um, and get them in our uniforms to form our new army that's going to cost about a third of the price it would cost to make more clones. So uh, that's it. That's the idea for the future for him. Um, which, yeah, and you really yeah. do get the sense that somewhere on his uh, Star Destroyer is a huge kill switch you that is effectively sure. going to eliminate every clone trooper. Mm. That, you know, maybe there isn't just the the implant that is in there to do order 66 that it, yeah. it will also um yes effectively blow their heads off or see, something like see, that in my head i had this idea that he was just going to use them as the front waves and then going to start backing them up with stormtroopers and once they're all wiped out then we can just replace them with stormtroopers yeah you know? <laughs> and i i think from i think as well from the clone wars with echo and Rex, there mm. is that moment where they realize about this implant and yeah. that every clone has got one of these implants yeah. in it as they build up towards, um, the, the Order 66, yeah. uh, finale within Clone Wars. But I, I think as well that there is a notion in that when they're trying to, um, fiddle with it or remove it from Echo that mm. it, it could, cause damage if removed or that it, it does have some kind of kill, kill element to right. it. Yeah. 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 We also see uh, Omega for the first time here oh, yes. uh, because during the the um the battle testing it, then it's Wrecker who actually gets shot um and, and injured. Mm-hmm. And so whilst he's in the infirmary we get the first sight of uh, Omega yeah. here. I suppose um, if you're going to keep running Apple it's one of them will eventually hit you. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, the other new uh, new character for the show, I suppose. Um, 
I think we pretty much instantly guessed that uh, she would be uh, an enhanced clone or a, a genetically modified clone in some ways, uh, partly because, um, well, she also has a New Zealand accent, like uh, like all of the clones do. So uh, for it's just an instant thing uh, in your mind when you hear a New Zealand accent in the Star Wars universe, you go, okay, clone. Uh, <laughs> but possibly the first ever female clone, uh, because the entire clone army have all been male in the past and in the show just just for people that haven't watched uh clone wars before all voiced by the one actor and um, so every single clone that we've ever seen in the seven seasons of clone wars and in rebels and in this show all voiced by the same actor d bradley baker uh, over the years so fair juice to this guy uh, you know the idea that he's standing in a room uh talking to himself for hours on end playing <laughs> six or seven different characters at times uh some in opposition to the other uh some and uh, giving them all individual characterizations is really good because you can always tell the difference even when you're not looking yeah. directly at the screen you can always tell the difference between the characters that he's that he's got so uh that's some feast to do over the years absolutely and omega is kind of really closely watched as well by the camino handler mm-hmm. that is with her um and is if she runs off is being you know tracked down by yeah. her handler yeah. as well so again it, it just adds to the the intrigue as to what um omega is what her role is here and um, and certainly the the final scene from this first episode mm-hmm. suggests that you know there is a reason she's being held quite close to her camino um handler mm-hmm. uh, as there is the conversation with the prime minister of camino um about her her effectively being allowed to leave at that moment with yeah. um with the the bad batch yeah. with with wrecker tech echo and hunter mm-hmm. um and yeah so this is um this is this is quite a interesting to see unfold i think yeah. just yeah. uh you know, is she a sister? Is I I, I thought she might be force sensitive as well, Ooh, possibly. Um, you know, if she, was, uh, if she was a clone that was also force sensitive, I don't know how they would have approximated that from from uh, cloning. It's, it's uh, that's a really interesting idea. But yeah, I, I also like that the Camino, the Camino builders effectively uh, just don't really want to tell Tarkin any more bad news as well. <laughs> like this might uh, this might damage their relationship and possibly lose the contract for the future. So don't don't give them any more bad news until we have really bad news to report <laughs> um, I was definitely getting vibes in this so you, you mentioned the, the kind of final uh, bit of this episode uh, definitely getting vibes about a, a very old uh, UK TV series called Blake 7 uh, sci-fi series from the 70s and I think it, it stretched into the early 80s um, but there was definitely this vibe across here where he's just the character is someone that is constantly challenging the leader of the group and now he's um, hunting them. Now he's going to be the one that will be sent out to get them, I suppose. Yeah, like you so. don't quite know whether you should distrust him or yeah. whether you your affinity shouldn't be with him because yeah. he's still accepted by the group. But, you know, it's increasingly becoming apparent that he's moving away from the the full group of the yeah. Bad Batch from Wrecker, from Tech, from Echo, and yeah. from the leader Hunter. I mean, because even you don't get the sense of uh, the, the, there's not the same level, if any, uh, of questioning to Hunter from Echo, Wrecker, or, or Tech, yeah. uh, like you, you get from Crosshair. And Crosshair is continually at Hunter about it all yeah. the way through. And the other thing, just before... Um, Moving on to Blaster Point Two, mm-hmm. um, is that um, the events on Kala, uh, the, the, this idea that Hunter allowed the the Jedi Caleb Doom to escape, mm-hmm. is known by Admiral Tarkin through the report of Crosshair. Yes, uh, yes. and Admiral Tarkin, you know, acknowledges that in Crosshair he was the one that showed or continued to show allegiance to. The order and now to the gal- the newly formed galactic empire. Yeah. It just makes you feel that the, this inhibitor chip, the thing that carried the order to be released, it makes it feel like with Crosshair, it's malfunctioned with everybody else. It's broken and not delivering the, the order to them because he's kind of fighting against it. Yeah. And he's kind of in the right because he's been given an order that he wants to follow. So he's kind of in the right for, the, for that, but he's not willing to turn his gun on the rest of his team. 
in order to carry out the order. You know, he's he's kind of willing to uh, go along with until he gets uh, he gets a little bit more reprogramming uh, from Tarkin. So it feels like early on he's uh, he's willing to kind of still follow the the additional orders or just follow no orders at all uh, and make them up as they go along like they have always done with the Bad Batch, except for this Order 66, kind of a sticking point. Um, but they are set off on this mission to test them uh, by Tarkin. This is our blaster point number two, uh, meeting the insurgents, because we meet another big character, I suppose, from the, from Star Wars universe here. Uh, they're set off to prove themselves um, by gunning down some insurgents, another uh Warning, at least to Hunter, that he knows uh, Order sixty six must be something completely wrong here when they when they come across this group of insurgents on this new planet of uh, Onderon, um, and yeah. they see kids and old people there with this group of insurgents. These people that are told they must be killed. Former by... Republic um, soldiers, yeah. not clone troopers, but from the Republic uh, Alliance of Planets, and yeah, um, yeah coming to Onderon, you know, Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch, they're thoughts are that these insurgents are droids um that they're remaining droid forces or members of the alliance um well yeah and guilds that formed the um formed the droid army yeah but even you know Tarkin has said that it's it's the jedis who turned on Palpatine, you know, we saw the big speech from Palpatine given to all the clone troopers um it's the jedi that turned on them so maybe they think they're going to hunt down jedi um and they're kind of okay with that, but when they get there, they find it's it's families, it's it's older people, it's children, and they're being asked to gun them all down and kill them all. And this is where would they meet a future, I guess, uh, rebel leader, uh, Saul Guerrero. Yes, they do. Um, and yeah, and it's only a small scene, really, yeah. and it, it's all playing uh, to the the notion of the the fracture happening within and um, the bad batch uh, around crosshair but it it but ultimately sorgera gives them an explanation that you know they are they're no longer uh, welcome in the new empire that has been formed from mm-hmm. the pieces of the of the republic uh, that they um don't believe in palpatine's claim and they are on the run from the clone the clone army yeah. and the 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 old republic starfleet so it it is i mean ultimately the bad batch get captured um, and sorgera gives them the opportunity to come with them um yeah. or or remain and hunter takes the decision for the group to uh, to go back to Camino uh, after this, to yeah. um, I, I love the fact that this this mission to prove themselves is absolutely a Tarkin trap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's totally set up, uh, you know, and there are probe droids uh, spying on them as they they go to mm-hmm. effectively kill uh, a bunch or mainly a bunch of unarmed civilians exactly, who yeah. are on the run, who are refugees. Um, but and are protected by just some, uh, just a few number of uh, Republic uh, troops. Yeah, yeah, and and once again, something that I really like seeing when they do these kind of shows is seeing a backstory of a character, seeing a character that we we kind of know from from Rogue One, uh, not too in depth. You just know that he's a, a a very experienced leader of this freedom fighter or terrorist group effectively, and he's gone through a lot over the time that he's gotten to that point in in Rogue One. This character now of Saw Gerrera, right at the beginning of his career, and um, the earliest point we've seen him now, and just seeing him uh, on the turn, I suppose, on his way to to becoming more and more um, important to that rebel movement, effectively. So yeah. that would be really interesting. And he features in Rebels as well. Yes, he does. So yeah, yeah like you know, he he's popped up a, a number of times uh, in in the animated series, yeah. he, uh, and he even popped up in the awesome PlayStation game uh, that came out last year as well. Yeah, so, and yeah. here we have it again. Just, but it is. It, he's young. He's fresh. Yeah. Um, and but he seems he seems really rational now. He's yes. kind of like you know, the, um, you can join us and and we can go away from this area. Whereas when we see him in Rogue One, it's very much about uh, about blowing everything up. Yeah, uh, he, to take down time the and. Um, you know, being continually on the run yeah. has taken its toll. I mean, in, in Rogue One, it's even that he's questioning the the leadership of 
the uh, the rebels exactly, and the, yeah. and the, the you know republic, the right. nascent new republic yeah. um so yeah. th- that's you know it's an interesting journey for this character and it, it, here we're seeing it very much kind of bookended on you know uh fresh freedom fighter exactly. resistance leader uh, here um and i guess um yeah all those probe droids after him um has taken its toll exactly exactly let's close it out with blaster point number three uh the escape from camino because uh, as you say uh, all of the bad batch uh, and omega are all captured and stuck in the same cell together don't really understand why all of them are in exactly the same cell not the greatest of ideas <laughs> but again uh, using their smarts to work out a way out, a way to get out of here uh, i like that hunter realizes quite quickly well hang on a second there's no way that these are actual cells that could hold people like us this is a clone uh, building facility they would never have had cells so these are obviously uh, just something that's been a temporary build so we can definitely get out of these Right, get Wrecker to run the right part of the <laughs> yeah. wall to get us out of here. Uh, and then using Omega again, you know, this is clearly a show that's aimed uh, at, a, at a younger audience. So uh, making Omega central to this plan of getting of getting everybody out makes loads of sense uh, to have her involved in, in the Bad Batch's plans uh, before they uh, they allow her to join up with them, I suppose. Uh, so I, I, I like the escape for that reason. It's good to, it's good exactly. to give her something to do, something really, uh, really fundamental for the show. Omega gets well. a fan in Wrecker who likes... You know, the fact that she, she did it and mm-hmm. took out one of the clone troopers Absolutely. by, um, for, you know, trashing the overhead grate on him, yep. uh, as she, she, uh, allows them to escape by re- releasing the force field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, and it's also just that, you know, the rationale for them going there is that, you know, Hunter sense, senses that things are, not on an even keel with the, what he, I guess, still considers to be, the the republic yeah. but ultimately is now the empire and he he believes that omega you know will be in, in trouble because she's a, a child and i guess he understands that she's a clone as well yes um again the importance of that we're not entirely sure yet yeah. uh, it's with- tech that worked all that out wasn't it at the yeah uh, we hear him have that conversation with everybody kind of going i thought you all knew because it's so simple to guess that she was a clone um but in that final escape we've got one other nod maybe to what uh to some abilities that she has because she picks up a gun for the first time as crosshair has them all pinned down and is going to take out the rest of his old team uh she's the one that shoots uh, shoots the gun out of his hand um so an instant shot that uh, most people couldn't make, I guess, as her first uh, pull of the trigger, um, which she even comments on later on. She goes, I don't even know how I did that. I picked up the gun and was able to to take that shot. So Yeah, yeah. with Crosshair, it's that he's taken away from the rest of the group um, whilst they're in the prison so that his uh, inhibitor chip can be reactivated mm-hmm. or made stronger by the Kaminoans uh, and through from by the orders of Tarkin. Right. So we're gonna go with Camino Owens. I think that's Kim- how you say it. Camino Owens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, Crosshair at this stage is you know he he's aiming up Hunter here through his sights. Yeah. Um, he is looking to take them down, prevent them from escaping. Yeah. Um, and ultimately fails with the intervention of Omega and her shooting skills right at the end. Um, mm-hmm. which allows them to to escape from Camino, you know, there is that nice touch word. It's the, her first time in space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought that was a real interesting shot where it focuses on her face as she's looking out uh, at the stars and you've got the stars kind of reflected in her eyes. I, I just wondered whether um, something might that might just be a, a reference or a touchstone to something. Okay. Uh, I, 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 that's why I kind of thought maybe she could be, you know, force sensitive in some ways. Um, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I just had that idea in my head when, you know, we went to see some of the Star Wars movies in the cinema when we were kids, you know, back in the early 80s, you know, that first impression because we were, we didn't get to see it the first at, at its first release in the in the seventies, but we saw some of them in the eighties. Um, is that not just our eyes when we saw hyperspace for the first time? 
Yeah, it could be. I think it was just that. It, it could be, yeah. to that. But there's definitely something special about the character. Um, she was named Omega, after all, which is quite a big uh, quite a big name to give to a character that's supposed to just be stuck on Kamino forever. So uh, yes. it makes you feel that there's something quite big about the character of Omega. Yes, and um, certainly coupled to the Kamino Prime Minister and yeah. her handler um, saying they better not let Tarkin know or the Empire know that she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, one last thing. They're off to find some friends because there's a very short list of friends for the Bad Batch. And they're off to the planet J19. Yes. Which I don't know that planet yet. No, I don't. I, I feel, can't remember. Yeah, I feel Even like if I do. If we'd watched all of season seven, uh, we might have seen something, something referenced in there about who's off on, on planet J19. But there are some options. There are some, um, Jedis that are still alive that know, uh, the Bad Batch. There are some, Clone troopers that may not have followed Order 66, who may be available out there. Or it could just be Sagarare. They may be going to catch up with Sagarare. Yeah. Or it is a massive Star Wars universe, so there may be somebody else out there that we don't know already. Yeah. A whole new wormhole to go down. It will. It will. I think that's it for the coverage of the full episode. John, what did you think of the opener for The Bad Batch, Episode 1 Aftermath? I really enjoyed it. I, it was really great to to connect. Um back with these uh troopers um i i loved the references to rebels um, and to the order 66 um and you know some good little action sequences here um you know also really good for you know first episode bad batch you want to see the 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 five of them you know out on missions and instead it's been fractured with Crosshair sort of switching, at least at this stage, his allegiance to the newly formed Galactic Empire. The mm. fact that it's as well on that cusp of, um, you know, the aftermath, hence the title of the yeah. Order 66 and, you know, the dissolution of the the former Republic yeah. and the establishment of this new galactic and empire. And the end of the Separatists, remember? Yeah. They were quite a big thing. So many, it, many years. the end of the Separatists is, yeah. is really, uh, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely give this four reprogrammed inhibitor chips out of five. Very you know, good. I really like the style of animation. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, uh, as I said, the the references to Rebels, previous mm-hmm. Clone Wars, and to just to the wider Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing Caleb Doom um, in, in this. Uh, just yeah, that's that's a nice little it's touch. A good cameo. It, it really good is. Cameo. Yeah, having Saw Gerrera as well, and of course the five boys of the Bad Batch, and with that bit of intrigue from Omega. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think uh, this is worth a watch. Um, it may not be for everyone, yeah. but it, it's certainly within the spirit of the Clone Wars animation series. Uh, and I, I really hope that we, we get to see the, you know, the creative juices here, uh, coming from, um, Lucasfilm, uh, and with Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett, mm-hmm. uh, involved here. So yeah. yeah, really, really enjoyed yourself. I really enjoyed it as an opener. Um, I know there are problems with this, but the whole point of it is that it's setting up these characters to go on a new journey. So there's a lot of things that it, it needs to reintroduce you to them or introduce you to them for the first time. So, uh, so I think that's always what's there in that first episode. It's a 50 minute or 70 minute, uh, short movie effectively yeah. that's almost three episodes long if you think about the time of the rest of the episodes we're going to see in the season um but it came out on a tuesday and this friday we're going to get the second episode of the bad batch so not very long to wait for this story to continue so as an opener i think it works really well introducing it to everybody and, and kind of setting you off on the journey uh to see how they are how they're going to experience uh the star wars universe and i'm looking forward to it for one definitely and that's coming up on friday yeah, absolutely. Um, we have some feedback for this first episode. Um, you can send in your feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com mm-hmm. or over on our Facebook group. You can also leave um, a comment there uh, on all things to do with Star Wars Bad Batch. Just absolutely. head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Absolutely. I will be putting up spoiler posts for each episode as usual. So if you want to talk about the show, make sure you talk about them in the spoiler posts. Yes. Uh, on Facebook, uh, Deanna Maskell says, 
Just watched it and loved it. Maybe it's a pandemic exhaustion. Maybe I just miss my son grown and flown. And this series is a nostalgic journey. Mm -hmm. But I loved the characters and the drama. Captured all the things I loved about the Clone Wars series. I think both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier influenced the way I think about this show. There's a lot more going on here than the first level story. I keep thinking about American politics and the show is giving me some much needed hope. I can only hope we can locate our own Clone Force 99 before democracy is lost. This was... This was the May 4th teacher appreciation I needed. We'll definitely be able to add this story to my pop culture class in the fall. We focus on the personal values explored by our pop culture faves, and there is a lot of that here. Oh, that's fab. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's really interesting kind of perspective on it, because as, as I started off with the podcast, it, it's... You know, you, you see Hunter and the, you know, he, he has this protective element, um, for Caleb at the start and also with Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess it's that thing about Hunter, you know, I, I guess the flip side of that could be the shepherd who protects, you know, both his crew of the bad batch and, yeah. um, but also those less fortunate. And, mm-hmm. and certainly there's an element here with, um, his, his, um, Concern for the safety of both Caleb Doom at the start and with Omega yeah. uh, on Camino with the evil Admiral Tarkin there. You almost called him Grandma. I Tarkin really there, did. You know? I, it's very difficult. <laughs> I know. That's some really good feedback, Diana. Like, you know, there's always been that thing with Star Wars where sometimes it can seem quite simplistic, you know. Clearly, there was a, a Nazi influence on the stormtroopers uh, and uh, Darth Vader and the Emperor and all all of those kind of characters when Star Wars was first created. But as the years have gone on, the those elements of it have become uh, a bit more complex. I suppose there's still very much a dark side and a light side in the in the TV shows and mo- and the movies that are out there. But they've become grayer and they've become more interested. And when you're talking about you know. Grand admirals, and when you're talking about um, massive empires, you are talking politics in a lot of, in a lot of senses. So uh, it's really interesting to make those connections. Thanks so much for the feedback, Diana, and thanks to everybody else for listening to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Diana, and thanks as well to our fellow troopers. Mm-hmm. I, I guess when we cover something in the Star Wars universe that is as such not related to clone troopers mm-hmm. or um, modified versions of clone troopers, we will say fellow Jedi or, yes, or something, something like a little yeah. more, yes, um, rather than fellow, you know, stormtroopers or Well, yes, whatever. I, think, I think troopers also, they're all, everybody's going along for the ride, right? We're all here marching together, watching the show. Yes, right? exactly. There you go. <laughs> but with that, we'll be back this weekend with our chat about Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 2 cut and run Mm -hmm. which will air on disney plus from friday may the 7th remember to subscribe over at tvpodcastindustries.com and of course remember to review us subscribe rate us uh, on any jedi or sith podcast catcher of your choice please share the podcast because sharing the podcast is of course sharing the love yeah we hope you've enjoyed our discussion about this episode really looking forward to more of the bad batch when we come back this weekend speak to you soon thanks so much fellow troopers for joining us remember keep watching keep listening and keep trooping bye <laughs>